Take it away, Nico. Here we go. Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any other MP3 player that you might have. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Well, it turns out Scott was actually right about something. Impossible. Yeah. Fake the Foo news. Fighters are milk toast. They admitted it. They're not it's milk toast. Not, they're dad rock. It's just not that they're a breakfast option, which is what I fear Scott thought he was referring to. Uh, but we'll we'll fill in the blanks for you. We'll explain because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Woo-hoo! Friday, November 29th, 2019, episode 101 of the episode of, of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin and the entire cast is not here. We're missing what? Scott. Yep. There will be no Scott Ivansky tonight. Scott! I- I want my money back. He's, God damn it. He's busy. God damn it. He's got family obligations, so he is unable to join. But we're somehow going to struggle through without Mr. Ivansky tonight, guys. Screw that boo. <laughs> okay, that boo. Uh, but we do have some other people on the show that you might be familiar with, including the Wookiee co-pilot Greg Lent. Stevie Brohemian Rhapsody, my God, what are we doing here? Why are we not watching The Mandalorian sitting in fat turkey heaven just watching episode four of The Mandalorian right now? Nico's actually watching episode three again, it looks like it. But uh, but right now we should all be watching episode four because technically it's the day after Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Less than 30 days away from the rise of Skywalker. My widget, as we record, is telling me we have 23 days, which means we have 21 as the show airs. Literally three weeks. Three weeks. That's Everybody's a got tickets, right? Everybody's got tickets? No, yeah. we have tickets for the 19th. Do we not, Mr. Baldwin? Yes, sir. Thursday night. I don't. I'm going on Sunday. I thought you were doing that. Uh, no, because that you motherfuckers all bailed, so I had to back out of it. Well, I thought you were going to do it. No, because he had tickets that it was either going to be us or them, and I couldn't give him an answer, so he went with them, and I don't get tickets now. I did not know. (laughs) Us or them? Really? You needed all eight of us to go, or you weren't able to go? Or ten of us? Yeah. Yeah, it was was eight of... It was... It's nine seats, and eight of us, or seven of them. Mm, This is new information. That's okay. It's not your fault I'm not going to see it on opening night. Oh, wait. Well, I'm not going to see it either. I'm going to go see it on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all the way on Sunday. All right. Well, we're going to have to. We're going to have to. It's good to know there's no bitter feelings on the hive that we're sharing with the rest of our (laughs) listeners. We're going to have to avoid some blue eyed dragons. He doesn't hold any grudges. Not at all. 
Mm. We don't share them with our listeners. We share them with each other, and then mm. our listeners get to enjoy. Mm. Well, as I mentioned, definitely not on the show tonight. Ivansky. He has a pre-Thanksgiving dinner as we record Wednesday before Thanksgiving. He's already eating turkey, guys. Lame. What a huge dick. Yeah, I know. Is Wait, is that what he's eating? I hope so. I think I don't know what your Thanksgiving is like, but it, mine's definitely different. Um, we're going to go ahead and move on from this. Also on the show tonight, he's the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. Suka suka, everybody. I hope we're all having a good Friday evening as you're listening to it. Hi, hello. How are you? Suka suka. Yeah. Egg. And Jawa. Um... What's going on, Mr. Steve Baldwin? Uh, not much. I'm, I'm, as I mentioned in the pre-show, I'm getting some weird. I'm going to be weird tonight. I'm just going to be weird. I'm getting some weird echo tonight? in my headphones. I can't stop it, and I can't prevent it. So I'm, I can't. I don't know what I'm. I'm gonna. I'm hearing myself before or after I speak. I can't tell which one is the real me. It's so annoying. Just, 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 it's to let, just, to let, just to let the listeners in a little bit on the magic here. We're we're starting this about an hour later than we normally start it, yeah. because Magic. Mr. Baldwin, who is, is the the it? quarterback and the engineer, mm-hmm. it gets has a feedback loop going on in his headphones, and yeah. he can hear himself speak on about a point five second delay. Hello, 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 hello. And it's beyond annoying. Ugh. It's so for him, not for us at all. It's it's fucking not hilarious for the for other us. three of us, but <laughs> but for Steve, it's I I would be crawling the walls at this point so props to you for muscling through it and throwing in the towel an hour and saying you're just going to go through this for you know the rest of us here on the show with you and all of our fans at home out there we're doing it live i hate the sound of my own voice it's cool doing it raw you and me both steve i know steve said i can hear myself talk and it's really upsetting and i had to bite my tongue to say now you know how we feel every goddamn show (laughs) and i didn't bite my tongue and i did say that finally I'm Superman. Yeah, exactly. We have. It's fucking white bread. You're boring. <laughs> Dave! You got a stupid S on your chest in case we could forget who you are. Under no circumstances. You're late. You're wearing eye makeup. Fuck you! <laughs> Should you ever. I didn't just inherit my abilities from a different fucking atmosphere. And I mean. Somebody's gotta tell you, man. You're boring. <laughs> ever! Even your alter ego. I mean, I picked like 1970s Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Call him. You picked like a. one of the newsies. Harry. You could have taken them down with one hand, and with the other hand, you could have just jerked it. <laughs> Potter. <laughs> Super jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Dave. Oh, my God. Oh, that's fantastic. What a way to kick off our next 100 episodes with Super Jerk. That's just... That's... <laughs> That is so on point and on message for us. Oh, God. Thanks to my favorite rebel scum, Steve Baldwin, for the introduction. And to you, our listeners out there, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you, wherever, whenever, and however you are listening to us. We're four by four, which is good because the weather outside is frightful, even though it's Thanksgiving Eve. 
And Nico a little rain so in Southern California, and everybody just starts ramming their cars into everybody else on the freeways. So I'm glad we're all home, safe and sound, to record here tonight. <sighs> and I just I want to say I am thankful for my uh, fellow Hyvians and thankful, of course, for all of our fans who have kept us going for four solid years. And uh, like Greg alluded to earlier, Rob, after Rise of Skywalker opens, uh, this is just going to go like Alderaan, I think. We're just going to be done. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> Good. It's possible. As Mark Hamill says, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard that sound clip, right? It, people ask him, like, what's going to happen? Is this is Luke going to come back? And it's possible. That's his standard response. That's his standard answer for everything? Yes. Anything could happen. Do you, right. does, who, what, who says this more? Mark Hamill saying it's possible or <laughs> President Donald Trump saying witch hunt? Oh, I give it to Trump. Yeah, nothing. So nobody says witch hunt more than Donald Trump. Nobody says anything more than Donald Trump says witch hunt. <laughs> well, if you witch hunt quid pro quo, uh, Obama, um, no collusion. Well, if, if you've never led a witch hunt against the president, um, give us a call. Let us know how that went on the Wretched Hive Hotline. That's at five six two four five five. Four four eight three. That's five six two four five five hive. That's H I V E. In case you can't spell hive, you got damn right I did. And you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wretched hive podcast. We love you, Facebook. <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter at wretchedhivepod, Instagram wretchedhive seventy seven. You can email to show. At thewretchedhive.net, find our Apple app, our our app at the Apple App Store, by searching "wretched" at the Apple App Store. You can find the show on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, of course, on Apple Podcasts, and many other podcatchers. All right, so quick announcements. So, so before you get to the quick announcements, yes, I I just I just have to make comment of your little uh, introduction of our Apple app at the Apple App Store. Yeah, I can only imagine you. that with the feedback in your headphones, it just sounded like ap, 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 ap. <laughs> it's really bad. I'm keeping barely holding it together. Um, all right. So, guys, we are co-hosting Timeless Pints. Sorry. See, this is this is what happens. I get ahead of myself and I, I'm listening to myself talk. So let me start over again. Guys. Quick reminder, Star Wars trivia happening at Timeless Pints on Monday, December 16th. This is the Monday that The Rise of Skywalker hits theaters. We will be at Timeless Pints Brewery in beautiful Lakewood, California, the best beer in Southern California, hosting, along with uh, trivia guru Jimmy Laram, who is the... Uh, owner and host of OC Trivia Live. Jimmy is a fun guy, and um, he's, he hosts trivia all over Southern California. He will be there with us at Timeless Pints on Monday, December 16th for Star Wars Trivia. It's going to be a great time. Come on down and join us. He will also be at the Irvine Improv on Tuesday the 17th, and we may have some podcast representation there, I think. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Um, it's possible. And, and then he's at Slater's Fifty Fifty in Huntington Beach, 
also using the Star Wars trivia questions that we are drafting on Wednesday. So if you that... go to Timeless Pice on Monday, yes. you can show up on Wednesday and get an easy win. Oh, you can crush it. <laughs> you can crush you it can at crush the it. Irvine Improv or Slater's on Tuesday or Wednesday. But join us over at Timeless Pints. It's going to be a great time Monday, December 16th. Meet the Hive. Win some stuff. It's going to be a great time. Come in costume or a Star Wars t-shirt, and I believe uh, there may be some benefits to that. I can't. I cannot confirm nor deny that you might get a discount on a beer. Uh, if you if come, you come in a Star Wars t-shirt, you are guaranteed not to get your nipple pinched. There you go. You, could, you And if you show up in a Wretched Hive t-shirt, I will mm. personally buy you a beer. Ooh. Wait a minute. Are you going to be there? Yeah, I was going to say there's only five of those up? in existence. Does that mean I have <laughs> to Yeah, it doesn't you? matter because there's only five of those and yeah, we all wear them. And I'm not buying any of you asshole beers. So. Wait a minute. Ooh, I could wear my shirt. He's got to buy me a beer. Sweet. I'm Wait. not buying you a beer. Yeah, shit. Not until episode nine comes out and we confirm you, the origins you of Ray. Just said you just said if you show up in a Reggie Hype t shirt you would buy you a beer. Yeah. To the listeners, you're not a listener. Yeah, I listen to the show all the time. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you. He listens more what? than he reads the show notes for sure. This is accurate. That's everybody, really. <laughs> Guys, we've got lots of news to cover. Let's do this. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Okay, we are in full blast promotional mode. For Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. You are not kidding, because I was in Home Depot this past weekend, and they had... Star Wars merchandise cross promotional stuff on the refrigerators. Oh, like a sticker, like a big sticker. Yeah, it was yeah. like the it was like GE the the products that the Force is with, and it had yeah. Rise of Skywalker branding on it. Yeah, I was in the grocery store, walking out uh, past the magazine rack the other day, and there was one of those portable cardboard shelves that they build full of children's books, just solid Star Wars. Uh, four racks of children's books. Um, it reminded me of uh, for the the uh, the Force Awakens when every section of the grocery store had racks of T-shirts for Star Wars. It was so weird in the dairy section, turning around and there was Star Wars shirts there. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting close. Uh, Lucasfilm is pushing uh, the Rise of Skywalker imagery everywhere, and Geeky Tyrant. Or sorry, geektyrant.com. Geeky tyrant. Is it geeky or geek? Geek tyrant. Okay, boomer. <laughs> God, I hate your balls. Stop saying that, you <laughs> idiot. Um, geektyrant.com has some great images um, titled The New Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker Photos feature a couple of Knights of Ren, a Sith Trooper, and more. The Sith Troopers look, I got to say, they look badass here, guys. These images are really, really good. Sick. Uh, yeah, the red. There's one. It's not in this article, but there's one of a battalion of them. There's about a dozen of them, uh, and they just look great. I wonder if the the Sith troopers are all the stormtroopers who actually could shoot straight. What if the emperor <laughs> like like took all of them with him to the the outer reaches of the galaxy? 
the actors are making the rounds on the talk shows. And uh, Daisy Ridley was a guest on The Tonight Show. And uh, she did something that was a lot of fun with Jimmy Fallon. She did. They crafted a rap for her. And she rapped about all the Star Wars movies. Did you guys get a chance to see this or hear this? I this, did. This was a lot of fun. I've not. No. Well, After I went to all the trouble of actually finding a clip that was not behind a paywall and sharing it. Well, here's your chance. This is Daisy Ridley on The Tonight Show. I'm going to play the first minute of this or so. Uh, this is the Daisy rap on The Tonight Show earlier this week. Check this out. Said a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a guy named Vader tried to kidnap a rebel princess, Leia. So she employed a droid to record her a quick note. She said, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Go! Hyperspace Zoom, set up some battle plans in an R2. C3PO saying they're doomed until they're bought by a farmer named Luke. Hey! His force is strong. Obi-Wan hasn't heard that name in long. Solo shoots first, don't say that I'm wrong. It took him 12 prospects, but his castle wrong. Well, sure. Chewie was charting the course. Luke learned the way of the force. Blew up the Death Star, he had no remorse. He got a medal, he's ready for more. Strike back. Rebels on Hawthor attack. Yoda shows up and talks back. Words battle with Boba Fett, put up a fight. Hang up frozen cover night. Burr! All right, we'll pause it there. But uh, that goes on for about another two minutes. She covers all the films. And there's some fun little moments in there. Go find that uh, at the NBC website. It's a good clip. Or on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it. Well, J- now, Jimmy Kimmel is standing... Well, not Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Fallon, excuse Fallon, me, yeah. is standing behind her the whole time just flipping cue cards like he's in an old NXS video or something. It's <laughs> pretty strong. <laughs> or an old Bob Dylan video, for that matter, too. So that's... Oh, good call. Could be, could be good one. call. You know, my love of Daisy Ridley is countered by my loathing of Jimmy Fallon. So I don't know what to do about that clip. I really don't know because I I I really appreciate what she's doing and she's just goddamn adorable. But Jimmy Fallon is 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 horrible. He's he's awful. What's your thing with Fallon? What do you got he's, against him? He's what we millennials call cringy. Yeah, he is cringy. Like all of his humor is cringy. The way that he's got to interject himself into everything is super cringy. It's like that that dude in the party who just like keeps popping up and just won't go away. Hmm. He's the personification of beating a dead horse. It feels like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I person I I like I actually like the guy. I I mean, I I don't have enough exposure to him to be tired of him I guess because I don't watch the Tonight Show um, I loved him on SNL I used to really like him before he was on the Tonight Show mm. when he was just a comedian and then when he became the talk show host yeah he got really just worn out feeling just overplayed like he, he did the, the original thing with Justin Timberlake which yeah. the first time they did it it was really entertaining and it was new and nobody had ever done it before and and you know and he I don't want to say he's as talented as Justin Timberlake but he like was able to keep up with Justin Timberlake and in, in what they were doing at the time Yeah, and he said well that worked I'm going to do it with everybody and now he just it's, it's non-fucking stop that he's always in something like that and it just it drives me yeah, crazy some of, some of that so, shtick is a little bit old i've seen him do the same thing with the, yeah you're right about that for sure i agree yeah and i've all and i've always wondered was was timberlake was it that jimmy fallon was able to hold his own on stage with justin timberlake 
or was it that Timberlake was holding back so that he didn't completely overshadow Jimmy Fallon? Now, yes. I am not a Justin Timberlake fan, but I would have to vote for the latter because I, it, you know, he's just he, Timberlake appears to be one of those dudes who can really just do it fucking all. Yeah, he's, so. he's, he's a he's a goddamn talented individual. Yes, he really is. Whether you like, it's just a natural talent. But you know, so he he's he's can write music. He can sing very well. He can dance, whatever. But he's fucking funny too. I mean, look at all the times he's been on Saturday Night Live and how funny he's been there. But yeah, I think he I think he dials it back because he knows he can make it up with the being funny as well. So yeah, that's that's how he's able to be so good with. Jimmy Fallon and with like the Lonely Island guys when you know for all the dick in the box and all that other bullshit that they do that's equally just as fucking hilarious right and apparently those guys are buddies like outside of you know the cameras away from the cameras so he's probably going to support his friend of course you know when he comes so Justin Timberlake yay uh, Daisy Ridley yay Jimmy Fallon uh, eat a bag of dicks (laughs) Whoa! Whoa! I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say eat a bag of dicks, but at least open the bag and take a big sniff. <laughs> All right. Also making the rounds on the talk shows this week was John Boyega. Now, there was a little bit of controversy that followed John. Um, apparently, JJ went on uh, Good Morning America and talked about how there was one of his actors had accidentally left an entire script for episode nine uh, in nine. a hotel room under his bed. And, um, well, actually, I'm going to let uh, I'm gonna let John Boyega tell the story. Man, J.J. Abrams was here on Monday, gave some breaking news. Oh, yeah? He said someone lost the script, oh, wow. and the script ended up on eBay. Oh. And Daisy Fake. Ridley Fake. was here, and Daisy said, it's not me. Daisy so, said it's not her? And she said it wasn't her, so I'm yeah. curious, um, whose script was right, it? All right, guys, it was me. Oh! But wait, wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How did that happen? Look, let, let, let me tell you how this all went down. Well, I, what happened look, was... Look, look what, what, what happened was, it, it was actually from my apartment. I was moving apartments, and I left the script under my bed. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to leave it under my bed. When I wake up in the morning, I'll take it and then, and then move. But then my boys came over and, you know, we started partying a little bit. And then um, <laughs> I, I, the script just get, it, it, it just it just stayed there. It, yeah. And then a few like weeks after, you know, this cleaner comes in, finds this script and then puts it on eBay for like 65 pounds. So the person didn't know the true value, you know. And I actually thought this is a great opportunity for the fans to read the movie before they see yeah. it. Maybe I'm onto something. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure that's exactly what JJ yeah. had in mind when yeah, he gave you yeah. that script. Yeah, yeah. yeah let him oh, read it, it first. It was scary, man. I was like, I got calls from every official. Even Mickey Mouse called me like, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> My boys came over, started partying a little bit. <laughs> Hello, boy. Can you imagine being like John Boyega? You know, you're like 27. You're in Star Wars. You're single. You like go anywhere in the world you want. Just party with your friends. So great. If you want to watch an enjoyable movie, go back and early into John Boyega's career and find a movie called Attack the Block, which is about an alien invasion in a, a London, let's just call it inner city neighborhood. And it's a, a lot of that stuff. It's very funny. I highly recommend it. It's, again, Attack the Block. And John Boyega, it's one of his first roles he's in that movie. Super funny. Anybody see Detroit? No. No. Uh, I've never been to Detroit. I wanted to see that film. That looked interesting. 
I need to. I need was to it about Kid Rock? Rock? Yes. Ba with the ba, the bang, the bang, diggy, iggy, biggy, boogie, up, drop the boogie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what you said. Let's see. We got a couple of uh, additional stories here about episode nine. Um, Bob Iger was out in the news here. Uh, Bob Iger pledging. Bob Iger Bob to Iger. help a dying man uh, who's in hospice uh, see the new Star Wars film early. This is like fanboys come to life for real. You can read this it out. Is, this is not a J.J. Abrams. This is a Bob Iger doing this. This is no. This is Iger. This is Iger. Bob Iger. Um, Bob Iger. Yeah. All right. This is. Uh, you can read about it at news.sky.com. Star Wars Disney boss pledges to help dying fans see Rise of Skywalker before UK release. And uh, the release date there is uh, December 19th. Um, Colin, uh, who is uh, doing something really cool. So if you remember, Colin Trevorrow was lined up to actually direct Episode Nine, and is getting a writing credit. Um along with, I think, five others, or maybe three others. Uh, but there's multiple writers credited for episode nine, including Trevor O. He's donating his all of his re- residuals uh, for his writing credit to a children's hospital, to Alexander Divine Children's Hospice. Um, and that is going to pay for 100% of uh, a health professional's time for an entire year so probably looking at a couple of hundred thousand dollars um, right off the bat that this uh, hospital is going to get from Colin Trevorrow uh, nice gesture yeah. JJ yeah, hopefully some of those kids will grow up to be better writers than he is wow <laughs> he's uh, actually also lined up to he's currently writing oh, Jurassic World Part 2 I think Part 3 part, oh Part 3 yeah so that's coming soon Part 3 coming yeah. soon how did he get that game Jurassic Oof. World whew Rough. I mean, with all due respect, Mr. Trevorrow or Trevorrow. Which 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 one? Jurassic World or Jurassic World Two: Fallen Kingdom? Because uh, I, I thought the first really Jurassic World was, was an enjoyable popcorn movie. Yeah, I. Didn't. Fallen Kingdom, on the other hand, is like a two-hour nap. I was I I wouldn't say that Jurassic World was a bad movie, but I wouldn't call it a good movie either. Um, but yeah, a popcorn movie for sure. But I, I have to agree with you on that on that second one. It was it was just nonsensical from beginning to end. I mean, well, you can take dinosaur porn and screw that up. I mean, that is a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like either one. I was bored. I mean, oh, you know, I, how I many like digital dinosaurs one. can you look at? I, I don't know. I just I was I was bored. The answer is many digital dinosaurs, Steve. Many, many digital dinosaurs. Yeah, at this point, about 10 hours worth of digital dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Well, you got to have some story that's compelling. I mean, see, this goes back to the, the classic argument about story versus visuals. you got to have story with the visuals or it's just you're looking at, you know, an amusement park to use Scorsese's line. Which takes us to the Mandalorian. No, I'm just <laughs> there. You go. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. One last, one last did story you, from were you trying uh, to tell episode us this nine. JJ Abrams making the, the rounds. Uh, he says that uh, this is. I'm reading from Variety.com. JJ Abrams says Carrie Fisher knew he would direct another Star Wars film, and left a rather 
cryptic message. Uh, this is quoting JJ from the article. I wasn't supposed to work on this film and she passed away before The Last Jedi was released, Abrams said. She wrote this autobiography, The Princess Diarist. She thanks me at the very end and says, quote, special thanks to JJ Abrams for putting up with me twice. I had never worked her before The Force Awakens and I wasn't supposed to direct episode nine. It was a very carry thing to write something like that and to somehow know it was really strange. Uh, very much looking forward to see how uh, how JJ was able to weave uh, footage from Episode Seven into Episode Nine and make it make sense with with Carrie Fisher. It's going to be really you know I, I the only thing that. I have to really compare it to the only thing at this point the only thing I I have to really compare it to is uh, if you go back to like 1990 or whatever it was when Brandon Lee died on the set of The Crow there were mm. there were a couple of scenes where they wanted uh, Brandon to be in, and they and they solved it by, one, using body doubles, and two, reusing scenes that he was in before and, and digitally, you know, very rudimentarily digitally inserting him in these scenes. And they, they kind of stick out, but, you know, they fit. They made it work as best they could. They kind of stick out. But it was always the kind of thing that just kind of takes you out because, oh, because you can tell that it's placed in there. And I'm wondering, you know, obviously the technology's advanced quite a bit, and it's, it'll, be a, it'll be a very different circumstance. But I'm wondering if it's going to really stick out like a sore thumb. Is it going to be super Force awakens or is, is it going to be just like Carrie was there? Or is it going to be like uh, Tarkin from Rogue One? Mm. Which... It, it, again, kind of took me out of it, you know, because he was yeah. there. It was the uncanny. There was definitely an uncanny valley about Tarkin. Yes, you are correct. The thing about Tarkin that gets me is that in Rogue One, he is Governor Tarkin, and then we're supposed to get a New Hope, which follows immediately after Rogue One, and all of a sudden. He's Grand Moff Tarkin. No, he was still a governor, though. Carrie Fisher called him governor a couple times in, in A New Hope. She only talked to him one time, and it wasn't governor. Well, my understanding was governor was sort of an honorary, you know, you, you retain the title that you held, uh, the, the highest title that you held in elected office. You retain that even after you've, you've left office. Imperial governors are people who hold powers in different sectors of the galaxy. They are like acting officers in the Empire. Mm -hmm. They talk about it in, ooh, I don't remember if it was Rogue One. I think it was in Rogue One when they're talking about overthrowing the Republic and setting up the Empire. And they were talking about how the... The governors are going to take local control of the systems. Yes, now, makes that announcement that the emperors dissolved the galactic senate. Now, the, you, of the old republic have been washed away. Nico, Nico, it's my understanding you just watched episode four tonight with Shana, right? Yeah, and we watched Rogue One yesterday. And at the the scene where Leia comes to meet. Tarkin on the Death Star. Boy, we're getting really nerdy right here. The yeah. scene where Leia comes to get me Tarkin on the Death. Doesn't she say, Governor Tarkin? Didn't I notice your foul? Or I should have recognized your foul stench or something like that. She, I should have realized you were the one holding Vader's leash, and I should have recognized your foul stench when I walk in. Does she call him Governor Tarkin? I think she does. 
I don't know if she uses the title governor or if she just calls him by his name, Tarkin. Mm. I don't remember because I wasn't, you know, foreseeing this conversation when I was watching the movie. Well, before you get all attention to it, before you get all uppity with me about whether she calls him governor or not, why don't you check your fucking facts, wow. son? Wow. <laughs> maybe oh, maybe right. she just says. Okay, give me a second. I think she just says Wilhelm. <laughs> no, I think she does. She does use the the uh, the term governor in that scene. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I could be misremembering and making it up, just because I like Greg better than Nico. But um, he's trying to avoid a fight in the family, so I actually go and attend the wedding. That's what he's trying to do. Yes. I don't give a fuck. I'm not coming to your house for Thanksgiving this year. Sweet, more turkey for everybody. Um. All right. Oh, wrong clip. Sorry. Damn. All right. Our, to, our crack sorry. research team is on that. I was, doing, I was doing some efforting right there for you, but can I can I jump back to the Bob Iger thing real quick? Yeah, just because I think that is oh, well, Nico and I solve our little family feud here. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to give you some time to do it with a with a non sequitur story. But one, I wanted to acknowledge just how great that really is, how, how thoughtful that really is, and it, the only other time I recall seeing somebody do something like that, like basically try to give a make a wish moment to someone who's dying before an, an entertainment product will come out. Mm was actually back in the late 80s, early 90s with Star Trek The Next Generation mm. when Star Trek did their first cliffhanger from the end of Season 3 to the beginning of Season 4 of The Next Generation with that classic Borg two-part episode, The Best of Both Worlds. Mm. It ended on a tremendous cliffhanger, and there was a terminal cancer patient who was projected to not be alive for the premiere of, of the Season 4 premiere and wanted to know how it ended, and I remembered that Make-A-Wish sent Patrick Stewart to meet with her, and Patrick Stewart just basically explained, like, well, I can't can't reveal everything to you, but, you know, the crew's really solid, and I'm sure they'll come up with something. And I, I at the time, I thought, what a dick move. The woman's dying. Just tell her what happens. Years later, I found out the backstory of how Best of Both Worlds Part 1 was written. The, outgo- the then outgoing executive producer and showrunner, Michael Pilar, was writing the final episode, and he's like, my contract is done after this. He's like, I really don't give a shit what happens after this. So he wrote, <laughs> he wrote episode three with no idea of how it was going to end. And to this day, if you watch it, you're like, oh, my God, I have no idea what's going to happen next. And neither did he. And, and Gene Roddenberry loved the episode so much. He was like, congratulations, we're renewing your contract. And they just threw a bunch of money at him. And his reaction was, God damn it, now I have to figure a way out of the impossible situation that I wrote for episode three. He's just so, double middle fingers in the air out the door. He's like, fuck you guys. You figure this shit out. He, he literally was. He was like, my contract's done. I'm, I'm out. You, you fuckers figure this out. But that, I, that's why Patrick Stewart had to yeah. be such an unkind dick to the dying woman because nobody knew how that was going to resolve at that point. But the good news to that story was the woman actually lived much longer than was the doctor's thought. And she did see the uh, season four premiere and got to see the very solid uh, cleanup work that Michael Pilar did to write his way out of the impossible situation. At which point she immediately dropped dead. Yep. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good. Just stuff. like just like Phoebe's ghost and friends. Oh, now I've seen everything and left. Uh, All right, Greg, you win. Ah, success. Do we have a sound Boom. clip? Uh, no sound clip, but I just posted it to the Facebook feed. 
Nice. I just popped open A New Hope, fast-forwarded it to the scene where they meet each other, and she does immediately call him Governor Tarkin. I'm telling you, I could probably recite this whole goddamn movie from memory at this point. So, so Greg, how many times have you seen A New Hope in your – just a rough estimate? <sighs> 500 times. <laughs> Hunt, hunt, like, like hundreds, like two, uh, at probably two hundred times easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, over, over four, over, and so forty years. Yeah, that's yeah, prob, probably, probably as close to accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the five of us sat down with no reference material and just tried to knock <laughs> out every line of the movie from the beginning. <laughs> how, how close? You know we what? Could get. I like this idea. <laughs> we can probably come pretty close. All right. Guys, there's more going on in the Star Wars universe aside from Episode Nine, believe it or not, which is coming in three weeks. The show called The Mandalorian, I think it's safe to say, is taking the universe by storm. Um, this, I, I think little... it's safe to say that Baby Yoda is yeah, taking the universe by storm. It, 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 I don't think it, it, it's The Mandalorian. It, it, yeah, maybe, I'm pretty sure. Maybe one specific character, but that description is accurate. Taking the world by storm is completely accurate. Well, it really is. I mean, this, in one fell swoop, it's four weeks later, and it seems like all of Star Wars fandom is reunited. We've we've all sort of, like, rallied together in support of this show. Uh, certainly there's the Baby Yoda element, but this show is so strong. The and plot, the writing, the, the lone wolf and cub portion of it that, that um, we've been talking about on the show, um, the concept... It's 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 just taken the Star Wars universe uh, in a totally new and fun and exciting direction, and I want to start uh, by talking a little bit about Baby Yoda, which is of course on everybody's mind. But the what I want to talk about specifically is: Do we think that Baby Yoda specifically is a quote cash grab on the part of Disney? Um, I'm seeing a lot of sort of um, dialogue and conversations around this, and there's two sides to this argument. One is, um, you know, we've seen this before from Disney where we get the cute little kid-oriented character. They're going to sell a bunch of stuff. It's coming out right before the holidays. Um, you know, they're, they've already announced that, you know, they're going to have uh, Baby Yoda merch before the Christmas shopping season. On the other hand, these these are creators who could... They're not predicting what's going to sell. Uh, you know, this could be, for all we know, part of a much larger Star Wars story that's weaving together the television uh, and theatrical releases together in a way that we can't imagine yet. So I... I, and or, I, I bring or, or, this... there's, or there's an option three there. Yep. What's option Which three, is... Dave? What isn't a cash grab from Disney? Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, and and as if Disney needs a cash grab. So, well, uh, well, I, and I don't want to do you want to have a do you want to finish this up well, before we also jump into my little just go introduction ahead. here yeah, and go, I, go I, I was reading go do about this go do and, and 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 somebody posted on our webpage and it just it or on our excuse me on our Facebook thread. Uh, we posted an article about uh, the the title of the article is Paradise Found. We are living in the golden age of Star Wars. It's an article from the dork side of the force. And one of our listeners, uh, I guess I could say his name. It's a public 
uh, forum here on Facebook, Bruce Cashman uh, just commented that he says the golden age of Star Wars was during the time the original trilogy was released. Everything else is a cash grab. And I, I, I did not agree with, with his position. I said, actually, Bruce, a lot of fans thought Return of the Jedi was a cash grab. Um, and I, I take the position that the people that are making Star Wars now, JJ, Ryan, Filoni, Favreau, these, you know, the creative uh, royalty, if you will, uh, at, at Lucasfilm now, they're all our age, they're fans making Star Wars, and we all love it. And yeah, we're buying stuff that doesn't equate to a quote unquote cash grab. And it doesn't mean that it's good story. It's not good storytelling. Um, so I was curious to know what you guys feel about this. Have you been seeing this? Um, and and what are your thoughts on it? And Greg, let's start with you. Is do you feel like Baby Yoda is a is is a there's an element of it that's a cash grab? Um, what what's your what are your thoughts on this? Well, I I think that what you have in this case is that the executives are just like, oh my god, they see dollar signs in Baby Yoda, especially the Disney executives because they know that that they, they they know they know that that is exactly what's get, what's going to sell product. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna contrast this, and I don't want to come down on the last Jedi because I'm not a last Jedi hater, but I'm gonna contrast this with um, the last Jedi and the Porgs in that movie, which the amount of merchandising I do consider a bit of a cash grab. They uh, There's this cute little creature that's not an integral part of the story that they completely threw in everybody's faces, then Porgs were everywhere. We, you know, I, I got each one of you guys a Porg for Christmas, so it's, they, they and were... And I got you one for Christmas. And Nico got me one for Christmas, so they, <laughs> so they were everywhere. With Baby Yoda, it's different, though. There, there was no lead up into the show about this is going to be in the show and God, you, I can't wait for you guys to see it. It was a surprise to everybody after the first episode. And this is a character in the show. It's not uh, something hanging around in the background, like an Ewok, like a Porg, like whatever you want, whatever else you want to compare it to. This is a character in the show. And I credit the, creative team john favreau specifically but also dave filoni who's one of the executive producers of the show that you can tell that they love this universe and you can tell that the heart that they're putting into it because for me this is the greatest star wars property that has come out since empire strikes back it That's is that strong. strong it is that strong i mean after three episodes i am hooked after three episodes I, I am going to wait until the whole story arc is done before I make a proclamation or judgment on that. But so far, I mean, yes, it's so, so good. I mean, Christine's reaction after each episode we've watched is that she she's like, I could watch that immediately right now again. Mm -hmm. And that generally is not how she feels about television shows. And that's generally what I do. I usually watch the episode twice immediately after... You know, the the my first initial watching is followed up immediately by another watching, and then I usually watch it again and again on my lunch breaks at work for the next couple of days. Like the very first episode, I know I watched that seven or eight times before the second episode came out, and then the second episode came out, and I watched that probably five or six times, and. This last episode I've watched 
probably five or six times also. So you're watching it right now, aren't you? Uh, no, I have Governor Tarkin paused on the screen uh, right now. That's right. You had to prove me prove me wrong, which you couldn't do. It's impossible. Don't even try. No, I I wasn't sure. Okay. I All wasn't right. sure. So what I'm hearing from you is you guys aren't sold on the idea that this is a just a simple cash grab. That this is different from not, Borg not or in this Ewoks. case. I think I, I think I think I think it's I think it's a different situation again because this is a character in the show and the you know it's it's very fortuitous that they're able to extend it to a marketing opportunity as well yeah is it a cash grab in the sense that they see an opportunity and they're going to make every dime off of it that they can yes okay if that's your definition of a cash grab then 100% you are correct i tend to agree with the distinction that greg is making though and that the porgs were Here's a piece of set dressing, and let's let's make it popular, and let's make money off of it. That feels like more of a, a cynical cash grab to me, as opposed to, fuck, we just caught lightning in a bottle. How do we monetize it? Yeah, yeah, it, that's 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 more legit and understandable to me. I think the difference between Porgs and Baby Yoda is. Porgs are more of Disney saying, hey, look, they're cute and adorable. Give us your money for these toys. Whereas with mm -hmm. Baby Yoda, it's we have a more emotional investment in this character's future because, like Greg says, it is a character. We don't know where the future is headed. It's not just a background, something that happened in passing. This is we've had now for... You know, three episodes of holy shit, what is this? You know, we've already had more screen time of Baby Yoda than Porgs have had in two movies. Um, and it's only been, you know, three episodes of the show. We still have another, what, five episodes to figure out what's going to happen. And we don't know what the future is of, you know, what's going to happen. And I think that's the difference is we have an emotional investment of not knowing the the background of this character or the future of this character whereas porgs i feel like pretty much everybody knew right off the right off the bat this is the sequel trilogy ewoks where they're kind of cute they showed up for a little bit and nobody really cares because they don't have any story plot relevance where i feel like baby yoda is a central story plot kind of situation so the other the other thread that i'm seeing is that given the likability of the character and the age of the character and that we know what the lifespan potentially of this character is that baby yoda could be the beginning of some sort of a new star wars trilogy or series of films to take place much further in the future could Baby Yoda be the launch of episode 10, 11, 12 that takes place 300 years from now? And he's an older character. Yeah. Mm. And he's, he is the wizened, you know, vizier of the force in, in the next trilogy of movies. Yeah. Which, which could be it, because they've... I will say that Lucasfilm has taken a lot of pains to say that Episode Nine is the end of the Skywalker saga, as opposed to the end of the episodic saga. Right. I like so that. there could be Star Wars Episode Ten, and it will 
have nothing to do with Skywalkers, but will be a continuation of what's happening a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's right. Just a quick note, a programming note. It's also uh, interesting that this Friday's episode, the one that uh, is released the day that this that our episode is being released, is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, and that's the daughter who was in of Jurassic World. Yes, come yes. full circle. Yeah. One and two. Yep. The and last it... episode, episode three, the director Brenda Chow is the girl who's going to be the showrunner on the Obi Wan series. Oh, no kidding. Good. Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard is, of course, the daughter of Ron Howard. Correct. Who was asked to direct episode one of The Phantom Menace. Turned it down. And did not. And rescued uh, episode nothing solo. (laughs) (laughs) It's not his fault that the actors they already cast and shot 90% of the film with were complete dog shit. We are learning that is so incorrect, much. sir. That is incorrect. That, that 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 is that is an overreaction, okay. but it is fair to say you're right. It, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not his fault that the titular character of the movie that had been filmed for ninety percent of the release was complete and utter dog shit. The rest of the fine. actors were fine. Uh, he says with his hands on well, his hips. Look, what I was going to say is I do think it's fair on Solo to say that. It, Whatever faults that movie had, it, you almost can't assign them to Ron Howard because he was given such a colossal shit show to salvage that that the movie hit its release date at all. He just everybody should bow down to this guy. Yeah, everybody really should. True, true. And the fact that the movie wasn't complete shit is an enormous feat in and of itself. Yeah, considering that the titular character was complete and utter dog shit. You just like to say titular. Yeah, you just like to say titular and complete another dog shit. Do you, you know, even know uh, what titular means? <laughs> okay, Ama- ama- amazing that. <laughs> okay, boomer. You made up that, this word. That movie Solo had in it both Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller Bridge in it. Amazing. Huh? Incredible. They're they're so hot right now, both of them. Yeah. No she thing. like swept the Emmys, <clears throat> and he's and he's taken over the world as childish Gambino. Yeah. Lando and what is it L three three T or whatever what was that what it was L three L three thirty seven yeah L three thirty seven yeah Leet and Gamerspeak Leet all right guys uh, quick change of gears here um, and I'm gonna take a little uh, risk here roll the dice because we didn't talk about this before has anyone oh. played uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order ooh, ooh me, no, me, me, I am, me 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 I am hoping to do that this weekend okay. So, great. I'm glad you you can speak to it, Nico. So, uh, Fallen Order is breaking records here. Um, It's already the um, broken multiple sales records for EA. Respawn is getting all kinds of praise for how great this game is. It's lovely. Um, What's happening? Who's playing music in the background? Yeah, I just, sorry. I I just, sometimes the guy's got to dance, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> what 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 hang on what's what was that we gotta it was an on. ad some ad are you sure that wasn't from your itunes playlist steve <laughs> all right you got me damn it sometimes he just likes a good poppy poppy tune i don't know i can play the ad again if you want a very long history in south africa yeah. anyway um so all right uh, thanks guys so, so much fun all right <laughs> good night <laughs> So an ode to Jedi's Fallen Order. Uh, first of all, uh, TheVerge.com has a cool article about the lightsaber 
and designing the lightsaber in the game itself. Nico, can you speak to this? Um, give us give us a two minute overview, Nico. Building the lightsaber in the gameplay, literally keep it to two minutes. But I want to get your your first take. Your what's your first blush on this game? Um, the first hour to hour and a half of playing the game, if you're purely going through the story mode, not really looking for any extra secrets, you don't really get a whole lot of extra lightsaber customization. Um, there are workbenches scattered throughout your different planets that you visit in the game and on the Mantis, which is your kind of transportation between worlds where you can customize your lightsaber with different parts that you find um, in little loot boxes around the game. Um, <clears throat> but in the first hour and a half to hour of the game, um, you're stuck with a single lightsaber like you would see most Jedi um, using and it's not until about the you know two hour mark I would say for me um, where I'm trying to find every nook and cranny of extra specials where you unlock the double sided lightsaber Um, but to me when you're using the single lightsaber it's kind of it's kind of booty when you're upgrading not really upgrading, um, customizing the lightsaber, because as you're customizing it, the bottom of the hilt is always smashed and ugly and and disgusting until you unlock the double light the the double sided lightsaber upgrade that you get uh, later on. But then after that, it's pretty cool. Um, you get to pick uh, different. You know, I think there's like six or seven different components that you can choose from that are uh, customizable. Uh, if you pre-order the game, you get to choose from different colors of blades. Otherwise, you're stuck with the uh, the iconic blue or green Jedi colors. Um, I think if you pre-order the game, you get an orange saber. Um, other than that, all the customizations are pretty much, you know find the secret door that leads to the hidden path and at the end of it there's a box that you can open with a part for your lightsaber that you can customize and it has no in-game effect other than it kind of looks cool um and those are behind like the paywalls or whatever right you're not talking about like microtransactions you're just a single player seeking out as far as i've been playing the game near three hours i mean i'm not I'm not totally through it. I haven't been dedicating a whole lot of time to it. Um, From what I've heard, this game, you know, to kind of run through it at a casual pace without looking for all the secrets, you're looking at about 20 hours of gameplay. Mm. Um, If you're looking to find all of the paths and the secrets and all the everything and go back to all the worlds that you went through, already just to find the extra secrets you're looking at close to 50 hours um and i'm barely pushing three so (laughs) why is the game so good i mean people are saying there's an article here on uh let me see the uh, actually it's on time time time.com um, calling it the best Star Wars video game in the last decade. What What is so compelling about this game um, so far after three hours? Um, the story's believable in the Star Wars universe. You, you play as a Jedi Padawan some years after Order 66. 
Um, you are a Jedi Padawan that survived Order 66 um, at the end of Episode 3. Um, and you've been living in hiding on some Outer Rim world as a scrapper. Um, and one of your best friends almost dies and you slip up, use the force to try to save him. And then it becomes a manhunt basically to find this, this Jedi. Um, and so it feels totally believable where, whereas, you know, when you play, I think these different battlefront games, um, it just feels so superfluous. It's extra, it's over the top, you know, it's all these super crazy abilities, um, and, and in the game, it, it takes you a long time to kind of, you know, upgrade or learn your new force abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go through kind of some trials um, to kind of learn these new abilities and get mentored through them. You know, just get, you know, right off the bat, like, oh, yeah, you have force abilities, so you can use triple, double, quadruple, wall run, jump, spinny, throw your lightsaber attack. Um, you kind of just start out with, yeah, I have a piece of shit lightsaber, and I I used to kind of know stuff about the force, but I can't really do anything. Uh, it took me like 45 minutes to even learn how to force push anything. So um, it's kind of cool in the narrative how, you know, you are a, a, an, a youngling kind of relearning how to use the force. Um, and you do have to go through all these different trials and tribulations to kind of to earn that right to use all these force abilities. Where other games, it feels like um, I played. Um, what's the one with Starkiller? It was uh, Force Unleashed, I think. Oh yeah. And it feels oh, like yeah. you just kind of went into that and just were already really strong and kind of overpowered and just ran around and and did a bunch of stuff. And then you got upgrades to doing all those extra stuff um, that you could already do that made it stronger when you were already so strong. Um, but this game, it really feels like you start kind of at the bottom of the barrel, and you have to you have to grind and 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 earn all the different force abilities that you have and go back. And there's a there's a really cool story narrative that's in it. Um, I don't want to spoil too much for anybody who wants to play it, but, you know, pretty early on you meet some characters that are already established in Star Wars canon um, that we've seen in multiple mediums of the Star Wars universe that are canon right now. You get to see some characters um, where it's like, oh, hey, that's kind of cool, you know, that they're bringing that into the games. Um, kind of like a like a backwards compatibility kind of thing. Hmm. Um but yeah, I'm really enjoying the game so far. Um, I will say I'm playing it on the second highest difficulty, and I die a lot. It's really difficult. Um, yeah. From what I've heard, this is kind of the Star Wars equivalent of Dark Souls, which a lot of people have, uh, you know, that the Dark Souls um, franchise to be some of the hardest video games to play. And uh, I will put it up there. It is a really difficult kind of game to play, and I'm not even playing on the hardest difficulty. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard the saying. You know, it's made by Respawn, and they made Titanfall, which was also a good game. Um, but I, I hear a lot of comparisons. It's like the genre mixing of, of Titanfall 
and uh, Dark Souls, which, yeah, is it, the Dark Souls franchise of games by From Software are insanely hard. They're fun, but they're insanely hard. I will say, um, if anybody out there has not started it yet, uh, listening to this, and you want to get into it, um, tell your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend, whoever, um, when they ask you to go and take out the trash or wash the dishes, um, that you need about 20 to 30 minutes to find the next meditation spot before you can close the game. Because there are no in-between saves between meditation spots. So if you don't meditate, you lose your progress between where you are and the last time that you meditated. (laughs) And let me tell you how obnoxious it is to go through pretty much an entire planet's worth of puzzles and and mazes and fighting enemies and getting and beating, you know, kind of the, the, the dungeon boss but not meditating after and then shutting the game down and having to do it all over. I would probably, you know, like I say, I'm about three hours in. That's what my Steam account says on my computer. I probably played the game six or seven hours already, but I've lost so much time just shutting the game down already. You know what what the Dark Souls games do, which is I find insanely annoying, is is that it's not so much that the the save spots are few and far between because I don't think it's it doesn't sound like as bad as what is what this game is. What sucks about the Dark Souls games is you can't pause them. There's no pausing the game to try and like change out your equipment or anything like that. If you want to change your equipment, you know you're live. If an enemy comes, he's gonna beat on your ass while you're <laughs> sitting there trying to change your equipment out. I will say I've not tried to pause like anywhere close to combat. There are some I don't want to say they're like safe zones, mm-hmm. but there's spots in the levels that you get to where there's not enemies around. Um, and I will also admit that I cheesed the first mini boss. Um, and for all you boomers who aren't aware of the term cheesing, it means that I kind of halfway cheated without using cheats to beat something by. Uh, exploiting a game mechanic and I stood at a doorway where the mini boss couldn't go through and kept popping in and out of the doorway taking pot shots at the boss and then running back out the door so he couldn't chase me and kill me and then running back in the door and taking pot shots and running back out to beat this first mini boss that I don't think I was supposed to beat that early in the game um so there are spots where you can go and stand and be in this game where the enemy is like, they don't endlessly chase you through the level, basically. Um, you can go through different doors or passageways, and each enemy is kind of designated to a certain spot. And there are definitely safe zones between those spots. Um where they won't chase you so it's not as hardcore at least on the difficulty that i'm playing at. i don't know about the uh the grand master difficulty of the game if they'll chase you through that but at the uh difficulty i'm at i don't know if it's i think it's jedi master is what i'm playing at right now i think there's story mode jedi knight jedi master and then grand master are the four difficulties and i'm at the the second highest here and uh i've not been chased through hallways yet but it's a lot of fun it's a lot a lot of fun great and dave you may be playing this weekend is that what i heard you say this weekend yes it's possible nice yeah this may be a christmas Uh, present for my uh 
for my guys. I recommend it. Right. I really, really do. I haven't purchased full price a new AAA title in probably four or five years. But after reading some reviews and seeing some people talk about it, um, I was really, really, really into it. So I went for it. Good. The last game that, that kind of tempted me into buying it was the Sekiro Last Shadow, I think is the full title of the game. Shadows Die Twice. Shadows Die Twice, which is basically the same game in a like samurai setting it's like a yeah, like a samurai that, dark souls yeah that's 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 actually the people who make dark souls make that game yeah but um when i heard that this game was coming out i was kind of intrigued and then when i started looking more into it and what it really was and what the genre was um i was more interested because I, I wanted to get into this genre of the the hardcore kind of third person battle story mode game but i didn't want to spend the money on on dark souls or sekiro because the stories didn't really speak to me but you know star wars yay good all right very good very good well thanks for that review i appreciate it very much nico and uh seems like a good purchase maybe for christmas for the baldwin family for the boys black friday's coming up today as the show drops black friday maybe you can get one good call all right racist Guys, we got one final story. Shut your mouth! To discuss. And I alluded to this story at the top of the show, guys. Um, Dave Grohl. We're going to diverge from the divert from the Star Wars universe for a moment. I, maybe we'll diverge Just also. a little bit. Uh, Dave Grohl. You mean this uh, guy? Yeah, you've oh, heard of him. He's a, he's, a, he's a guitar player, sort of a songwriter. He used to play drums for some little... Did you say band. sort of a songwriter? Yeah. Well, he uh, he says, "Look, my band is not cool." He says, "We're uh, we're dad rock." He was on a podcast called the Good for You Podcast, and he uh, Grohl was responding to recent conversations he's had about the dad rock status of the Foo Fighters, claiming that he's embraced the term to describe his own music. "Quote, you know the whole dad rock thing? Yeah, we're totally dad rock." He said, "Look, I'm 50 years old. I have fucking gray hair, but the funny thing is." I've never considered our band cool, and I like that. So I had to bring this up because very famously, one Scotty Van one of us claimed one that of us. the Foo Fighters' music was milk toast, and uh, he's taken a lot of shit for that over the last couple of years. And apparently, Dave Grohl thinks the Foo Fighters are milk toast as well. So Scott, you were right. There you go. I don't know if I've got, and I think I've said this to Scott in the past. Is I, I don't think what I'm saying is controversial going back to anything I said before. And that, you know, we all like the Foo Fighters, like them a lot. Um, um, we're all happy to go see him in concert whenever he comes around. But the unless Foo Fighters, it's at a festival. Unless it's at a festival. But the Foo Fighters' music is very safe. It's always the same, it hasn't changed much in 20 years. Um, and Scott likes to change things up, so I, I completely understand and do not disparage his thoughts on calling the Foo Fighters milk toast because they're a very you know it's almost generic what they do nowadays. Dave agrees. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Great minds think alike. I think Dave thinks this. Uh, he agrees that this should be the end of the show. Also, so let's get out of here. <laughs>
Man, the Mandalorian is just taking over the Star Wars universe right now. And you're not the first uh, podcaster or Star Wars commentator to say that it is the best Star Wars we've had since Empire. I've heard that a couple of times. Name me one better. Yeah, I know. It's tough. I dare to object in saying that The Mandalorian is not the best content in Star Wars, but that the Baby Yoda content of The Mandalorian is the best content. Yes, I, I think the show is fantastic. Episode 2 went 11 minutes of the show without a line in a dialogue, and it was still riveting. Yeah. I mean, so did the holiday special. It was not riveting. Though. It was not riveting. Not, yeah, but I think so. Baby Yoda <laughs> no. was like the cherry on top of the a pretty good cake already. That first episode. Oh was God, really it's so strong. good. Why are you putting cherries on top of cakes now, Steve? I don't know. Why are you putting cherries on top of sweet, sweet Baby Yoda meat? <laughs> well, Baby Yoda just makes it all the better. Those green cherries. Yum, yum, yum. Oh, God, it's so good. Guys, Tasty episode Yoda flesh. 101 is officially in the books. We are done. Uh, if you have ever put in a... Put in a... Put in a... If you have ever placed a green cherry on top of a cake, let us know how that went by calling the Wretched Hive hotline at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell Hive. In case you can't spell Hive. You're a goddamn right. You can also nah. find us online at thewretchedhive.net on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wretchedhivepodcast or on Instagram at wretchedhive77. Guys, episode 101 is done. Final thoughts. Why are you not watching episode 4 of The Mandalorian right now? Do yeah, it. stop listening to this. Go Do watch it. episode four. Guys, it's have a great couple already, of weeks. Right and may the force be with us all. Tasty green Yoda flesh. Mm. <laughs> Super jerk. <laughs>